Uh, I'm going to shift gears with you this a little bit here as uh, things are, uh, the title of this morning's message is The Times They Are Changing. If you know Bob Dylan and his song, I uh, saw a commercial and I was like, ah, there's my title. So we'll give him the credit so the copyright guys, oh, I know what it was. We are now streaming on Facebook, on the Facebook page. Uh, Ricky got all that set up this morning uh, on Southwest on our Southwest Bible Fellowship page. We're now streaming Facebook there uh, as well. Uh, that's something that um, I just confirmed. That's why I was in the closet. I just confirmed it, okay? So to make sure we're, we're good there. All right. Things, uh, the times, they are a-changing. And this morning, actually, that's going to be kind of the whole series title, if you will. This morning, we're going to look at a few things and just kind of draw some things out. Because as we look at life around us right now, guess what? They're changing, aren't they? And it's important and it's critical for us to understand and to know why and to what's going on. And then how to have the proper response to it. Um, I realize that for some, the, the COVID and all of this is uh, no big deal. It's a farce. It's a pandemic instead of a pandemic. It's yada, yada, yada. And I'll tell you what, I don't care what you think about it. I'll be honest with you. Because when, I come, when you come to Scripture, there's an appropriate way to respond to it. And there's an appropriate way to respond to people. I would hope here, and as I look in our room here, that if you come in contact with COVID or are exposed to it or test positive, that you would tell us because you have a duty as a member of this local church, but also as a church, the body of Christ, to think of others before you think about yourself, okay? Now, whether you think about it, agree with it, disagree with it, it's a disease, it's a, it's a disease, it's a virus, it does get people sick, it does kill them, Okay? Other than that, everything else, I don't want to hear about it. I have my opinion about it, probably agree with you, but that's not my point. The point this morning, the point the next couple weeks are, is that you and I, we have an opportunity in Romans chapter 14, we're going to get there, all right, in, in a couple weeks, that we, are, we can look and we can deal with each other appropriately, adequately, and we can hold to our opinions, you know, every. It's like, you know, opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got two of them, okay? And they stink when not adequately taken care of. But the thing of it is, is when you think about, when you come to Scripture, which is where we are to come, I'm saying all this so you can find First Chronicles 12, okay? <clears throat> it's on the cheat sheet I give you, so you ought to know where we're going. Yeah, exactly. But the thing of it is, is when you come to what does God's word say about our behavior, how we think about things, how we act about things, how we're to deal with one another. And when I'm talking about one another, I'm talking about this room right here, okay? The folks on the internet that are, have chosen to not be here with us, that's fine. That's their decision. I've, re I've reached out to almost everyone that I've had that hasn't been, make sure they're, I tell them, I just want to make sure you're still alive and you're okay. Whether you come or come or not, that's between you and yours, okay? And I don't hold any less thought about people or this or that because everybody's got a different viewpoint. Some of, some folks, I, I, a couple, they haven't come. He can't come because he's immune compromised. Well, guess what? I don't want him to come, okay? I don't want there to be a chance. Could you imagine that here you are, asymptomatic, 
and you got this gentleman sick and he died, how would you feel? Yeah. Well, he's promoted to glory, but still, it would, it would, it would become a daunting thing. I don't care how big, bad, and, you know, rah, 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 you are. I think about the fires in, in California, that firefighter that just died. Could you imagine being that reveal party people that caused that fire to start? What they're going through now that they just found out that a firefighter died? I don't care how big, bad, whatever you got, bolster, stick your puny little chest out and think you're something bad are, that you have to live with. And it can be daunting and devastating. So when we look at these things, that things are changing. And you know what? We, we can look and say, yes, it was, it, it was this, it was that. But I'm going to be honest with you. You will never know if it was a planned thing or not until way after the fact it's over and you're looking back at it to say it was. You'll never know in the moment. Prophecy in Scripture is, all of, is that way. God would say, this is going to happen. Man says, no, it's not. Then after it gets happened, man looks back. You know what man says? Ooh, it did happen. Now, that's prophecy. We don't live in prophecy. We live in the age of grace. That tells me that for you and I today, we'll never understand if anything that's going on around us was a planned anything by anybody until it's done over and we're looking back going, ooh, look at what happened. You follow that? I'm getting this off my chest here. Can you tell? Because this past week, you know, you, I hear from some other ministries who they're open, they're coming, and they have people who have come up positive for COVID. They let them know. And guess what you have to do? Clean the buildings, shut down for 10 days, and then open back up. I would hope that you would be that honest with us here. Doesn't mean you gotta, we're going to broadcast it or anything. It just means that we have to, out of an abundance of caution, because the last thing I want to do is have an open big meeting and some, an open meet, and somebody gets sick, die. Now we've got to live with that ramification. Okay, follow that? All right, 1 Chronicles chapter 12. When we talk about times are changing, that also means the way we do ministry is changing. Over the year, over this past year, I have been amazed at how many churches do not live stream, do not, do not do anything over the internet in a live manner. And now all of a sudden, guess what they had to do? Had to do live streaming, figure it out. We've been doing it for over 15 years. See, we're kind of ahead of the times. <laughs> By the way, I'm not upset with anybody, okay? I just, I, I look out there and some of the looks of, oh my goodness, I'm not upset with anyone. I just, sometimes some things have to be said a little more forceful. And I do care what you think about. And like I said, I probably will agree with you in some of the stuff that I've been reading and everything. I get, but when, we're not talking about that. We're talking, we're not talking about human viewpoint. We're talking about what scripture says, Okay. It, we're going to talk this morning here about the sons of Ishakar, verse 32, and the children of Ishakar. Next week, we're going to talk about some things out of Genesis 8 and the cycle so we understand where we're at in our nation. Why, by the way, why do you see the things happening and the chaos and the, and the rioting and the burning and all that? It's Romans 1 is why, the sinful men doing sinful things. Okay, that's what it is. Let's give it its due. It's sin. All right? And what they need to hear is the gospel. That's what they need to hear. And they need to get saved. And when that happens, then guess what stops? 
that stuff. Now, I understand, you know, it's a little easier said than done sometimes because I, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the guys down there trying to witness to those people and they're getting, you know, beat up pretty bad for it. So you just have to pick your battles where your battles can be won, <laughs> you know, be a little strategic. But when we talk, and then we're going to talk about some other things and so forth as we go through here. But look at verse 32. There, here's a group of men in Israel. This is Israel. And this group of men, they understand something. Notice the verse. Which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. Notice these guys very carefully here. They are men of Israel. They're, they're a group in, in Israel that is going to really present a great picture for, for us. We are a local assembly. That's why I said this room, okay? We're a local assembly. 1 Timothy 3 says that we're the pillar and the ground of truth. If we're running amok out here going, ah, you will never get the truth out because everybody's looking at you, ah, and they're ignoring the truth. We're to stand. The old saying, if you ain't standing, you ain't going to stand for nothing. Now, that's Rick's version of it. That's the idea. You need to be standing. We do that here. We stand for the truth. We're the pillar. Hold the truth up, the ground, it's secure. These guys are a great illustration for you and I today. They were men that had understanding of the times. That's number one. And then number two, they knew what to do. Look at that. To know what Israel ought to do. They didn't run around with their head cut off or the head in the, in the bag with the goggles on and can't see nothing. These guys understood what needed to be done. They had understanding of the times. Look over at verse 23. 1 Chronicles 12, 23. And these are the numbers of the bands that were ready, armed to the war, and came to David to Hebron, to turn the kingdom of Saul to him, according to the word of the Lord. What did they know? What is the timing of these guys? What's going on in Israel? War. Fighting. David is called the bloody man. Why? He, boy, he fight. Let's go war. David would even drop the war hat sometimes. And he, they understood that they're going to go to war. They understood that issues in, in Scripture of those courses of judgment that were coming upon Israel. They had an understanding of what God was doing with Israel, with who Israel was to be. They had an understanding of Deuteronomy 4. They had an understanding of the law. They understood that, you know what, we're ready, we're, been, we're coming out of the first course of judgment, and we're ready for King David to come and to take over. And then when he's done, we're going to go into the second course, and we're going to do all of this stuff. Come over to chapter 11. Back to 11. You see, folks, they understood what was going on and where they stood in Israel's history. You and I need to know the same thing. We need to understand where we're at 
in the age of grace. We need to have the same thinking that these guys had. Chapter 11, verse 1. Then all Israel gathered themselves to David unto Hebron, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Look at that. Look at the unity that they have here. The oneness. And moreover, in, in time past, even when Saul was king, thou wast he that leadest out and broughtest in Israel. And the Lord thy God said unto thee, Thou shalt feed my people, thou shalt be ruler over my people Israel. Therefore came all the elders of Israel to the king, to Hebron. And David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. 1223, what did they do? They came to Hebron, to David at Hebron, to do what? Go to war. But look at what they did. Look at what they recognized in chapter 11. They recognized that David was God's man, didn't they? They said, David, you're the one that went out on the battlefield to the Philistines. You're the one that led us out there and did that. David, you're the one. And literally, these, these sons of Ishakar, these guys are 200. They're of the mighty men of David, that 600 there. And they're ready to go. And they understood who their leaders were. They understood what was happening. Come back over to chapter 7 of 1 Chronicles. Here's who these guys are. Here's their lineage. It's very fascinating. They understand what's happening. They've got it. They understood the times that they're in. You know what they didn't do? They didn't run over and go, oh, no, it's a pain. <laughs> what do we do? Wah, wah. Life is tough. <laughs> I tell you what, I see some grace preachers that are like that. Suck it up, buttercup. Let's get the business going. You know why? Because we know something that a lot of other people don't understand. That's the word rightly divided in sound doctrine. I'm not talking about not being gracious and not being, having your speech corrected. But quit whining about something when Paul says it's only for a light moment what you're doing. You've got an eternity out there that you've got to be thinking about and paying attention about. And when you're thinking about eternity rather than you're stupid, what's going on? Stupid, sorry. I, I, bad word, thank you. <laughs> okay. When, when you're not worried about what's happening right now, I'm not talking about keeping your head in the sand and not paying, paying your bills and feeding your family and the stuff that you're supposed to do. I'm talking about letting your circumstances run your life. That's what's happening. These guys weren't there. You know what they knew? It's time for war. Guess what happens in war? People die. You know these 200 men, the heads of the, they were leaders. You know where they were ready to do? Die for their king. They laid it on the line, literally. You've seen the bumper stickers or the memes, Christ died for all, and some gave all, talking about the soldiers and everything. These, that's these guys. They weren't milk toast over here going, oh, no, they're in the fight. And you know what, folks? You and I ought to be in the fight too, but the right fight. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. Now the sons of Ishakar were Tola and Pua and Jashub. Do you know who Jashub is? Job. 
That's his new name. Job 40, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis 46. There's Job. You know who one of the leaders of the sons of Ishakar was? One of the descendants and in that line is Job. Do you think Job had a reason to complain? I think he did. He lost everything. He lost family. He lost wealth. He lost position in the community. He lost everything that man thinks is valuable because he would not curse God. His wife looks at Job and says, just curse God. Get it over with, man. And she left him. It's interesting, at the end, he gets everything back but her. You see? The reason he doesn't get her back, by the way, is because she cursed God. That's why. These guys are, are important. Verse 2, and the sons of Tola. And I'm not going to beat them up there. But look in the middle of that verse. They were valiant men, valiant men of might in their generation, whose number was in the days of David, two and twenty thousand and six hundred. Woo! Verse 5. And their brethren among all the families of Issachar were valiant men of might, Reckoned in all by their generations, fourscore and seven thousand. Look at those guys. They're valiant men. They're the, they are, come, come over to 2 Samuel 17. These guys are SEAL Team 6. That's who these guys are. 2 Samuel chapter 17. Well, I ran one off. 2 Samuel 17. 2 Samuel 17, verse number 10. 2 Samuel 17, verse 10. And he also that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. For all Israel knoweth that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant. You see that? What is it? What is the characteristic of a valiant man? He's got the heart of a lion. These guys were SEAL Team 6. They're itching to go. They're, they're like, man, we're ready for the fight. And if, <clears throat> if you want to fight and you don't want to fight, we'll drop the hat. <laughs> Let's go. Now come over to 2 Timothy. Actually, you know what? Just for time, let's get 1 Thessalonians 5. You see, folks, these, I bring up the sons of Ishakar because what did they know? They understood the times, and then they knew what to do. They understood that David was their king, and they understood it was time to fight. They understood that the first course of judgment on Israel, Leviticus 26, was done and over. They understood that there was a reprieve with David and Solomon. They understood that. They understood the second course was coming. They're not Bible dumbbells. They understand the times. They understood where they fit. And at the same time, then they said, we know what we got to go do. We've got to go win the victory. We've got to go and defeat the enemy. 
and they go out and they go to battle. And they become the mighty men of David. And they go with David and they fight for David. And they prevail. They have that heart of the lion. They're SEAL Team 6, <laughs> special ops. Here we come, boom, you know. That's who they are. And you know what, folks? We need to be the same way. We need to understand the times, and we need to know what to do. 1 Thessalonians 5. You got that? All right, hold there. Run the 1 Timothy 2. We need to understand the times. We're going to talk more about that. But we need to understand what to do. 1 Timothy 2, verse number 4. I know it's not on your list. That's the prerogative of the teacher. 1 Timothy 2, verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what we're to be about. Ephesians 4, verse number 1 over there, he says, Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye have been called. Verse 17 there in Ephesians 4, he says, Don't walk as other Gentiles have walked in the vanity of their minds. You know what you're to walk as? That ambassador for Christ. That's who you are. Know who you are. Understand that, hey, you've got some things to do. And you know what number one is? See people get saved and then come to the knowledge of the truth. If you run across someone who is saved, you better be cramming the truth down their throat as fast as you can because you won't have a chance very often. I mean that figuratively, okay? If you do, take a video. I like to see how it's done. You see, folks, the sons of Ishakar, they understood. You and I need to understand as well. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse number 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Okay, Paul, why? Why, why not, man? <laughs> For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And then he goes on. Notice something there about the Thessalonians about you and I, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, there we are. We, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord is so cometh as a thief in the night. These guys, you know what they had an understanding of? The time. You and I have to, we have an understanding of the time. Are we in time past? No. Are we in the ages to come? No. We're where? Right here in the butt now. Now, the Thessalonians, come back to chapter 1, because you have to understand, again, when you read your scriptures, you ask who wrote it, to whom was it written, but you also have to ask when was it written. Because when he writes Thessalonians, there's things going on dispensationally in the transition that the Thessalonians got, and they got it right off the bat. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look, if you will, at verse number 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy, with joy of the Holy Ghost. When Paul went into Thessalonica, 
He had to leave Thessalonica because the Jews were coming on his heels and they were causing trouble, didn't he? He had to run. He had to flee. If you come over to chapter 3, verse 1, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. You go read Acts 17. They're trying to kill Paul. And Paul says, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, You guys became followers of who? Of us. So when the Jews came in, now think about this, and they said, Paul's a heretic, you need to follow Moses. You know what they said? No, we're going to follow Paul. He's our apostle. They understood the time. They understood a dispensational shift had happened. Chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you have heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. What did, Paul hadn't written a book yet, and what did they know when they heard it? They heard that what he was speaking was the word of God. See, folks, they understood something. They knew some things about the times and the timing. And what was happening when Paul came to Thessalonica and where they were. But in chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, he talk, he's talking about the day of what? The day of the Lord. Because there's a specific thing that they're attacking. How many have ever heard someone say, you guys have missed the rapture, it's over? You've never heard that. I have. You missed it. Or it's not really true. It's just a figurative statement and a description of something spiritual that's going to happen a little later. You've heard that, I think. Yeah. You see, there's going to be an attack here on the hope. And he says, guys, you understand, chapter 5, verse 1, you understand the times and the seasons. You know what Paul did with them? He sat down with them. Think about Paul. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, wasn't he? He knew his Old Testament. You know what he did? He sat down with them with the book of Daniel and talked to them. Come back to Genesis 8. He sat down with them and he began to teach them about Daniel's timeline so they could understand and see when the day of the Lord was, and what that was all about. Now, the day of the Lord's a big day. It's not just a day. You know how you know that? How many hours are our day made up of? 24 little segments, isn't it? So the day of the Lord is a term that covers many, many moons ago when young man was little. <laughs> no, long time, expansion of time, okay? Do you know that the day of the Lord rolls all the way out? past the great white throne judgment, rolls out into the new heaven and the new earth setting up. It's fascinating. It's not just the day of wrath. It's the day of the Lord. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5, he's talking about wrath because the thief in the night comes and they say peace and safety and then it's all, you know what breaks out on them. Now, look at Genesis 8. Because here's something else that Paul dealt with the Thessalonians, and it's something that helps them understand the time. In 1 Thessalonians 5 there, when he says times and seasons, 
time, that's a mark, a point in time to identify when something's going to happen. But what's a season? Well, Genesis 8, verse number 20, uh, 30, or, I'm sorry, 22, gives us the seasons. While the earth remaineth, how, by the way, how long is the earth going to remain? Forever. Yeah. There's going to be an old one that's going to be destroyed, but there's going to come in a new one. Okay. As long while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. You, do, do you see some seasons there? I sure do. What do you see? You, you, you see seed time? When would that be? Spring? So you got spring? Spring training. Seed time, right? You got some seed time? When you're planting the seeds, you're getting that right? Then he, goes, then he goes, harvest. When would harvest be? Fall. So we got harvest. Right? All right, good deal. How about cold? There's the winter, right? Up there. You know. Well, I tell you what, where I was at last weekend, the low one night was 40 degrees. It was cold. Okay? Then it says cold and heat. There's summer, right? Yeah, 115. No, heat. And summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Do you see? You see some seasons, don't you? You, you, you see some, some things that are, are, are identifiable. Seed time, time to plant. Okay? Time to get it ready. Time to get, you, you get the ground ready, you get going, it's in there. Summer, you got heat. You're going to water, aren't you? You got to get that water in there. You had a guy in Yuma down there, he, no monsoon, so he's down there and he's pumping his own water and he's doing this. And he says, we don't need the stinking monsoons because it messes us up anyway. This way we can, oh, and I'm like, no, dude, we need the monsoon, <laughs> you know. But what is he doing? He's watering. Fall, it harvests, it cools down, doesn't it? You get out there and you harvest what you planted. And in the wintertime, what do you do in the winter? What does the farmer do in the wintertime? Come on, you farmers, or wannabes. What do you do? You rest, don't you? You've been working, you've been toiling. Now when you're done resting, what do you do then? Now you're going to plan, aren't you? But what are you planning for? You're planning for that up there. And the decisions you make here will impact what you do here, here, and here. You know, if you plant corn, you've got to give it a little extra water if you then plant something else. So what are you doing? You're planning. They, the Thessalonians knew perfectly the sons of Ishakar knew perfectly. They understood the times. They understood where they were in time. And then they understood the seasons. They said, you know what? We're here. No, we're here. We're here. And we're here. Where are we? Where are we? In our planting. 
Where are we? Where was the sons of Issachar? I don't know if you've ever thought about where they were on our... Were they at the beginning of Israel's history? No. But they were at the beginning of who? David, weren't they? Where was the Thessalonians? They were at the beginning of the body of Christ, weren't they? They were just getting going, right? Now, the cycle, I call it. The seasons. And we're going to look at this in greater detail next week. Introduce it to you this morning. Get to thinking about this. Our nation right now is right there in the wintertime. You want to understand what's going on? You understand that, that a nation, history has turnings. Okay? They're in a cycle. How long would this cycle last? What does verse say? Forever. Shall never cease. If we're here, eventually where are we going to end up? Back up here, right? You with me? What we decide to do down here as a nation is going to determine what gets planted up there. In the wintertime, what happens in wintertime? What dies? Everything, basically, except for Brian's winter grass. Then it thrives. Okay, give him a shout out. What happens in the wintertime? Things die. You go out there. I watch the, the, the guys down in the, in, in the Queen Creek, Santan area down there. They get done harvesting. You know what they do? They go in there and they get rid of all the dead stuff. Grind it all back down into the ground. I watched this guy in a cotton field. He must have dissed that thing ten times back. One way this way, one way that way, one way this way, one way that way. One. And I, I, I don't understand why he was doing it. I guess he just liked to drive his tractor all over the place. But there's a reason why. Get it all done. Get it all down and gone. Clear the field. And then he grew more cotton the next time. <laughs> you know, they're on a cycle. We're on a cycle. Springtime. There's ages that hit this. And I don't want to get into all that this morning. That's what the Thessalonians understood. When you come back to 1 Thessalonians 5, and Paul begins to say, hey, you guys understand perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. You guys understand some things. You understand the times and seasons. You understand chapter 1. Go back over there to chapter 1. You understand where we sit, Thessalonians. Church, the body of Christ as a whole. We understand. Listen, we're not in the summertime. Of this nation, I'm talking about nation. By the way, mo your money has a cycle. The national, the, the nation cycles, each one of these runs on 20 to 25 years. But your money runs on 10 to 15 year cycles, according to the, to the research. What happened in 2008? Do you remember? Housing blew up, didn't it? Do you know that that was at the end of a 15 year run up of, of real estate? Proven fact. By the way, how do you know? Looking back, not in it, looking back at it going, oh, that's what happened. Do you remember what the, the, the previous fall of 2008, what was the previous uh, on the uh, 
collapse on the on Wall Street. Two thousand. Text in what what year was text? Two thousand one, two thousand two, right in there, something like that. Two thousand. Y two K. What did it do? Killed everything. What nine eleven was last weekend? How long ago was nine nine eleven? Nineteen years ago. Do you know that 9-11 is the trigger point that started the winter cycle for this country? Because each cycle, each turn, man, I'm getting into next week, is, is ignited by chaos. Do you know how this cycle ends? Chaos. The last winter time that this country was in, the Civil War fought right there. That's the last winter. Guess what's coming in this country? Civil war. It's coming. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it is. You listen to some people. We're already in it. Started out with words. And it'll move the, the bullets eventually. Why? Because that's how the cycle works. Because of sinful man. Do you know when the Revolutionary War happened? Wintertime. How about the French and Indian War? Do you remember that one? That was fall. Do you know where? Do you know? Do you know the Korean War? That was a summertime war. Insignificant. No winner. No loser. World War II. Winner. Decisive. Springtime. Decisive. Bam. Do you know what happened after the the what happened uh, after the World War One? Nineteen hundreds. Nineteen eighteen. What was next? The Roaring Twenties and the Great Depression. Right in here, moving out of here into here. It was the event that triggered it. Do you know what ended the Great Depression? World War II, wintertime, baby. It's fascinating how, oh, that just happens to work that way. No, Genesis 8 is what's working. Chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians. Get back in, I got five minutes. Folks, you and I, ought, we have to understand what's going on. We need to understand the times. Because when we understand the times, guess what? We know what to do, don't we? Now we know what to go do. The Thessalonians, they understood what was happening. Verse number, chapter 1, verse 9. For they themselves show of us of what manter, manner, I'm sorry, of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You know why they needed to understand the times and seasons? Chapter 5, verse 1, was because the issue of the rapture and the hope was under attack. Saying either you missed it or it hasn't come yet. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a literal physical thing. It's this. Yaki, 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 They had to understand that. They had to grasp it. Chapter 5 again. And we can go on and on and on, but chapter 5, verse number 4. But ye, brethren, are not in what? Darkness. Isn't that amazing? Paul says, I taught you. I laid it out there for you. 
You have no business walking in darkness. You have no right to walk in darkness. We're going to talk in a couple weeks about your body, this thing. That'll be a hot one. Because you know what's coming? Mandatory vaccinations. It's coming. Deal with it. But do you know that your body's not yours? You, you, oh, it's my body. I can do with it. Baloney. As a believer, you have no rightful claim to your body. Well, they ain't touching me with the 10 foot pole. Good luck, Chuck. <laughs> Good luck. Things are changing, folks. And you need to understand that when you sit there and they're going to come and say, you have to have this or that in order to do. You're going to have to make a decision for you and yours. And it better be a decision based on the word of God rightly divided. What does verse 4 say? You are not in darkness. You know what's going on. I'll lay out the times. We'll talk about these. We'll talk about the stuff about the vaccinations coming and your body, and the claim out there of the world. If you claim that your body is you, you're living in the world. You're not living in Scripture. I'll just be honestly blunt with you about it. Because Scripture, you know what Scripture says? You were bought with a price. So what do you do when the guy says you got to have it? Based upon an understanding of the Word of God rightly divided, I think I'm going to refuse it and let... Because it's not my body. It's his body. Yeah, you've got things to think about. Say, oh, wait a minute. You're just an anarchist, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm a lover, not a hater. <laughs> I don't know. I've been gone a while. Too much in the tree. But see, the thing, folks, is, is you got to think about this stuff. What are you going to do here when they come and say, hey, You guys can't meet openly like that. You're in violation of Code 3 and Blue Book 4 and blah, 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 blah. What are you going to do? So you got decisions to make. Leadership, we have decisions to make. Hey, times are changing, folks. Things are, you know, I I was talking to one man the other day, and he's like, I'll be dead and gone by the time. I'm like, yeah, me too, probably. (laughs) You know, but it is happening. And I'll be honest with you, it's going to happen in our lifetime Because look at how fast things are going. If in four to five months here, they can do what they've done, and and the masses follow a politician, because that's who these are. I know the CDC, the WHO, here's my opinion, I guess. I'm sorry. They are politicians. That's who they are. Now, they have science people working for them. Don't get me wrong, but they are politicians. They're after a budget. They're after a bottom line, and you know what's going to happen? They're the ones that are going to come in and say, your First Amendment is gone. What are we going to do? Oh, no, no, it's so hard. (laughs) Are we going to suck it up? Come over to 1 Timothy. I'm sorry, I'm off. It's time to close. Folks, I, first, uh, 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter number three. When God saved you, it cost him his son. 
He gave you his son's life so you could go live life. I suggest we do that. Okay? 2 Timothy 3, verse number 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now before you go, oh, see, yep, there's a verse. He's not talking about the unsaved world. He's talking about believers. Okay? All right? Just so we understand that. What I'm after is the next verse. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. What's that next word? Knowing. Isn't that wonderful? That we don't have to worry about, are the numbers right, are the numbers off, or what, all this stuff that's floating. No, we can know. Listen, whoop de doo If it's 6% or 100%, what do we know? What do we know? Absent from the body, present with the Lord, right? What do we know? One day the trump's going to blow, we're going to go home. What do we, I mean, we know that, right? Hello, we just spent like six, seven, eight, ten weeks on this. You see, we don't have to walk around going like this, but we do have to be mindful of each other. Because not everybody's on the same understanding as we are. That's when Romans 14 comes into play. Where you have some who esteem a day above another. But, a, but they're all esteeming it to who? To the Lord. That's why I said here with us. We've got to be respectful of us here. The world be damned. Sorry. But here, in this assembly, in here, we need to be very mindful of one another, of each other, because that's where our ministry is going to end up lying, is right here. But continue. In the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. If you go out to the world, if you, if you had an opportunity to sit down with the director of the CDC and you said, the Apostle Paul says, you know what he's going to say? Who? He ain't going to know who that is. But when we come in here together, do we know who that is? Yeah. We can get some instruction. We can know. Our, we sit in the wintertime, folks. Some of the characteristics of winter are scary because you see them happening. Things die off that you're used to having. Things are chaotic. But what do we know? Let's continue in those things. If they come and shut us down, that's okay. We'll be in a house over here, in a house over there, in a house. We'll be at the park. <laughs> We're outside, socially distanced. The times are changing. Things are changing. And I'll be honest with you, if you've got a hand-wrenching, oh my goodness, attitude about it, you're going to get run over. You've got to know what's going on. And that's why the next couple of weeks, we're I'm going to talk about this. I haven't said much about it all year. Because we, the bottom line is, is we have to understand who we are in Christ. Because what we're facing in this country is Sunday school compared to what Paul faced in his day. 
And what people, Bible believers, believe and understand the word the same way you and I do around this world today face far worse. To where a public display of anything I would get you locked up. And they're not going to ask you, what are you going to do? It's a boom and boom and you're in. And then you go, what did I do? <laughs> and they go, doesn't matter, you're here. But yet, you know what they're doing? Same thing you and I are doing. Studying, learning, growing. Because this is not our home. We're passing through. We're on our way to something bigger and better. We know. You follow that? And again, I'm not upset with anybody, okay? I really am not. I just, you got to know what's going on. You have to understand it. Not know it, but understand it. Okay? So now, like next week, nobody will be here. That's okay. Okay? All right? Because this stuff gets to be, it's important because of some decisions that we're going to have to make. Because it's going to be pushed on us to make. And you can say, Rick, I disagree, and that's fine. I don't mind. You can say, Rick, I'm going to stay away. That's fine. I don't mind. Again, that's your decision between you and yours and the Lord. <laughs> I made mine. I know where I'm standing right here. But the thing is, is you're going to have to understand from Scripture what's going on. Okay? All right. Dear Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. And above all, Lord, we thank you for who we are in your Son. We thank you for the illustration and the examples here in your word about things that are happening and things that are that are going to take place and how we can know and understand what to do. We can understand the season that we're living in and we can understand then what we need to do. And Lord, I just pray for all of us that as we think about things and as we see things that we would just not be overwhelmed by the world, but rather be overwhelmed by your word. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to stand, we're going to sing a song.